1: an age-old tradition in the provincial legislature. House leaders escort a reluctant new speaker to his chair, but this time it was only the new Democrat and green MLAs clapping and cheering, and there's a very good reason for that. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Liberal members feel betrayed tonight knowing it's one of their own. Abbotsford MLA, Darrell Plekis, who took the Speaker's job after promising he wouldn't.
2: Aaron MacArthur has the fallout from a controversial decision that strengthens the NDP minority government.
3: In a move seemingly orchestrated with the NDP, Liberal Daryl Plekis, the only MLA to put his name forward as Speaker of the House. The Liberals stunned at the news. Interim leader Rich Coleman going so far to call it an act of betrayal.
4: On numerous occasions, he's reiterated to the caucus, and to me, he had no intention whatsoever of running for Speaker. I took him at his word. Obviously, that word didn't have a whole lot of answer.
3: Darrell Plekis played a key role in the ouster of Christy Clark as Liberal leader post-election. And despite rumors of tension inside the caucus, he had been adamant he had no desire to take on the Speaker's job. I was elected as an MLA As a liberal, for me to uh, take away from that is completely disrespectful to the people in my riding. But things began to change shortly after that. Green Party leader Andrew Weaver, one of several MLAs who reached out to the former academic, suggesting it was in the province's best interest for him to consider the job. I personally have got to know Darrell over the last few years. I I, I think he's just an exceptional individual, high moral and ethical standards, exactly what we need in a speaker. Political scientist Hamish Telford used to work with Plekis at the University of the Fraser Valley and says this fits with his character. I think academics are by their nature mavericks. They spend their careers in pursuit of the truth as they see it and pronouncing it to the world and they don't really respect authority. And, and, uh, so, and Daryl was an academic at the university for 35 years. He's very used to speaking his mind. The new Speaker of the House gives the NDP and Greens a comfortable three-seat cushion. But maintaining this minority government for a full four-year term could still be a difficult proposition. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: So let's bring in our Keith Baldry in Victoria tonight. Keith, it's one of those only in B.C. politics (laughs) moments once again. How does that move by Daryl Plekis becoming the speaker affect the stability of the NDP government?
4: Yeah, I'd have to a little disagree slightly with our friend Aaron's assessment there. I think this does provide uh, potential for uh, significant stability for the NDP to last for their full mandate. In fact, uh, probably four and a half years because they want to change the election date. So this is a game changer. The Liberals were looking glum today because it wasn't so much that it was Daryl Plekis who's speaker. It's the realization now that the thought they had in the summer that this was going to be a six-month government, we're going to be in an election real soon, has now evaporated with Christy Clark's departure and now Daryl Plekis' departure from the caucus It's a 44 uh, NDP green uh, majority versus just 41 for the Liberals. The NDP ran this government for five years in the 90s with a three seat majority. And they're going to have a three seat majority going forward. So it's good news for them.
2: All right. The drama uh, that happened this morning was followed by the throne speech, which is typically much less dramatic. What did we hear from the NDP on that?
4: Yeah, the throne speech is a little more anticlimactic but, uh, you know, this government has a lot of things it wants to do. So unlike most liberal uh, throne speeches, which are basically Stan Pat documents, this NDP uh, throne speech is chock-a-block full of uh, ideas, basically ones that have already been announced in the, in the election campaign and such. But I picked out four just to look at, I think, out of what probably a dozen or so of, of pledges in here. First of all, there is going to be now a free uh, bus pass for d- people on disability assistance. This is the subject of some controversy the last couple of years. The NDP is restoring this for anybody on disability assistance who wants a bus pass so they can get one. Also, uh, they're changing, as I mentioned, the election date is now going to be moved from the spring of 2021 to the fall of 2021 to separate it from the budget in the spring. Also, they're going to set terms this fall for that referendum next fall on changing the electoral system, uh, a referendum uh, in front of the voters. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And finally, of course, uh, the long-awaited ban on union and corporate donations to political parties. John Horgan pledging today that that is going to be uh, put in front of the House this fall and will be passed. So that's the throne speech. A little more to it than that, of course. Uh, It it continues on Monday now with the budget, basically an update from Finance Minister uh, Carol James. We're almost halfway through the fiscal year. And then the work begins to implement this, as I say, very ambitious throne speech. The expectations are high and the work begins next week.
2: All right. Thanks for that, Keith.
4: Meantime,
1: right. Premier Horgan is facing tough questions about a picture that surfaced of a gathering in Surrey earlier this week. It was organized by a supporter of NDP MLA Ginny Sims and was attended by Sims and Surrey Mayor Linda Hepner, among others. One of the guests on the left in the suit and beside Sims is Radio India owner Maninder Gill, who was convicted last year of aggravated assault and other charges for a 2010 shooting. Gill is appealing his sentence. Horgan says the meeting included a broad cross-section of people, and he wasn't aware that Gill was at the meeting.
4: When I'm invited to an event uh, of someone that I do know, uh, and I'm told that the mayor of Surrey is going to be there, along with members of her council and a diverse group of people, uh, I took the opportunity. I'm certainly not in a position to tell people who they can and can't invite to their home, uh, but I'm certainly going to be more careful in the future, absolutely.
1: A Surrey woman who's had enough of people speeding through her neighborhood is threatening to take drastic action. And you might be surprised at who she blames, mostly, for the dangerous driving. John Waugh is in Surrey on the street in
5: question with that story. John. Well, we're here on 71A Avenue where people who live here say they can see more than 200 cars zip down the street every hour because people are looking for a shortcut. And one homeowner says if the city of Surrey doesn't do something about it, she will, even if it means getting arrested. Surrey shortcut seekers be warned. Christina Eden is on the lookout, keeping count and once again taking names.
6: These petitions have been going to the city of Surrey for years and nothing is happening.
5: Residents living on 71A Avenue are frustrated with drivers using their street as a freeway. Most cutting through to avoid a lightless left turn one street over. A major concern for parents.
7: It's kind of scary with the kids because some people are speeding a lot.
5: And pedestrians as well.
7: The cars are coming very fast from here. And sometimes it is uh,
8: uh, dangerous for us. So Eden
5: is preparing to take action into her own hands. Setting up a blockade if necessary.
6: I might end up in jail. But the alternative is I don't want to be picking up some kid or running out
5: to give first aid to some kid who's been hurt. Hard to blame her. A similar petition sent to the city back in 2012.
4: At that time, the thresholds weren't being met that warranted the introduction of traffic calming.
5: The city says it will conduct another assessment and also step-up enforcement.
4: We've got the police coming out next week as well, and they're going to be giving the area some attention.
5: Residents say it's time to install speed bumps, even make the area a school zone. Ironic considering most of the culprits, are parents picking up and dropping off their kids.
6: You've got kids in the back seat. You, they're watching you drive like this.
5: So watch out. Eden is ready to become more than just a squeaky wheel, if it means slowing down the ones flying down her street. Now Eden says she will give the city of Surrey a chance to act, but if they don't, she's prepared to make her own signs and stop traffic. And what she does, she says she'll ask drivers for their identification to prove that they live in this area. Chris? All right, thanks, John.
2: Nearly 20 years after a Maple Ridge woman was murdered in India, 25-year-old Jessie Sidhu is one step closer to justice. The Supreme Court of Canada has cleared the way for her mother and uncle to be extradited to India, to be tried for the so-called honor killing. Ramina Deya tells us what happens now. Seventeen years ago, Surjeet
6: Padesha proclaimed his innocence at his family's home in Maple Ridge.
7: Everything is wrong. You know. I did not do anything, you know. It's it's my niece. I can't kill her. Never. Did you love her?
9: <laughs>
6: Badesha and Malkit Sadu will soon be extradited to face justice on Indian soil. The Supreme Court of Canada upholding an extradition order for the pair accused of masterminding the so-called honor killing of Jaswinder Sadu. And I'm still a little angry at the justice system. And Why does it take so long? This case starts off as a love story. 25-year-old Jazzy, who came from an affluent Maple Ridge family, secretly married Sukhvinder Sidhu, also known as Mitu. The young man, a poor Indian rickshaw driver. Jazzy's family vehemently opposed. The couple attacked in the Punjab in 2000. Jazzy's throat was slit, her husband beaten, but he survived.
4: 17 years that he had to the end, wait...
6: Jazzy's former principal has been waiting for this day for almost two decades.
4: I think her husband will finally get to say what he knows happened. And I'm worried that they'll have their ways of getting out of really paying for what they've done.
6: The Department of Justice tells us it cannot comment on a specific timeline. Because of security reasons.
4: It's now up to the
8: Minister of Justice to actually look at the case very quickly, thoughtfully deliberate on it, and then um, essentially um, extradite them.
6: Several people in India have already been convicted in Jazzy's murder. Padesha and Sadhu, the
2: only accused yet to stand trial in that country. Ramina Deya, Global News. A devastating fire outside Victoria today turns out to be yet another tragic chapter in B.C.'s housing affordability crisis. As Nitu Garcher reports, the flames
10: destroyed much more than an RV. This sudden vehicle fire, a devastating blow to Danny Doyle and Chris Faulkner. We have no place to sleep. (laughs) It happened Friday afternoon in View Royal. An RV destroyed by the flames believed to have sparked after an engine failure, leaving this semi-retired couple who recently moved to B.C.'s capital without a home. We haven't been
11: able to find a place we can't afford rents in Victoria. We thought this might be a solution for us for a while.
10: They say they borrowed $3,000 from their friend David Brooks to buy the RV and don't have insurance. Can you
0: imagine it happening to you? You have no home?
10: Sadly, that scenario is becoming more common. We see a lot of more people living within RVs or tiny house type uh, scenarios, so um, it is extremely unfortunate. With a vacancy rate of 0.5% and students back at school, activists say finding an affordable place to live in Victoria is a challenge for a record number of people. The housing crisis is touching every corner of our province. We see people holding down full-time jobs who don't have a home. It is unprecedented how many people are being displaced, and we need systemic change to address the problem.
7: An ad will go up on Craigslist, 50, 60 people apply within the first hour so the likelihood of actually getting a place is really difficult. My roommate was driven out of um, Victoria just because of the housing unaffordability. Uh, She moved back to the mainland to live with her parents and transferred universities just because it was unaffordable.
10: Affordable housing advocates are hopeful the change in government will also mean more action but for now the crunch is making this incident that much more difficult for Doyle and Faulkner.
5: We moved everything we owned into it yesterday, (laughs) and it's all gone.
10: Need to Garcha, Global News, Victoria.
1: Charges have now been laid in a fatal fire in Surrey that turned into a homicide investigation. After firefighters doused the flames at a home on 112A Avenue early Wednesday morning, they found the body of a man inside. 32-year-old Robert Jones of Surrey has now been charged with manslaughter. The victim's name hasn't been released. And a troubling turn of events in the interior tonight as firefighters across B.C. continue to fight forest fires. Cranbrook RCMP are investigating no fewer than three deliberately set grass fires over the past couple of days. Jennifer Palmer reports
12: consistently alert that's how firefighters are tackling potentially threatening and out-of-control flames
0: obviously just looking at, at the uh, conditions here
12: this past week responding to three grass fires in the city and rural areas of Cranbrook believed to be deliberately set
0: we responded to an incident last week a, a, a spark into the grass and we ended up with the uh, you know a, a wildfire of 150 plus hectares
12: Residents are worried too. The fires have been set in open areas, the largest one about 300 meters square, and it was close to homes.
3: The, the trees and the grass around here are just so dry this year that I could see the, uh, the whole area just burning down very quickly.
12: Conditions are extremely dry, allowing fires to grow quickly and easily. Take the enormous and stubborn Elephant Hill fire. Cranbrook residents don't want that happening in their area, and now officials believe they're looking for an arsonist after reports of someone running from one of the fires.
0: There's obviously an individual that's responsible. Um, they're either thrill-seeking or uh, they have a mental health issue.
12: Arsonists have been at work on the island in Nanaimo. Home video captures this person setting a blaze. And in Kelowna, a suspect reportedly took a blowtorch lighting a fire on a boulevard.
7: The only reason some of them use their heads is to keep their ears apart.
12: Loretta Savory is on edge. She lives alone. As far as she's concerned, any potential arsonists need to be caught.
11: I hope they punish them to the hilt.
12: Cranbrook police are investigating. Luckily, none of the grass fires damaged
2: homes. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Dire warnings about the power of Hurricane Irma. Images of widespread damage as the, as the most powerful storm in recorded history heads toward the much more populated coast of Florida. Millions still trying to get out of the way in just over a minute.
1: The suspect leads police on a wild chase in Detroit, and he made one last surprising attempt to avoid arrest when he couldn't run anymore. That's later on the News Hour.
2: And a major shaker in Mexico, the most powerful earthquake to hit the country in a century. Why the feared tsunami never materialized. Coming up.
1: Hurricane Irma has lashed the Caribbean, including the Bahamas, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Haiti and the Virgin Islands as the powerful storm keeps barreling towards Florida. At least 22 people have died as Irma leaves behind catastrophic destruction in its wake.
2: And it seems like that providing a terrifying warning to those still in Irma's path. And a stark statement from the U.S. National Hurricane Service. There is no place in the Florida Keys that's safe.
1: In fact, the storm is bigger than the entire state. And the race is on to get 5.6 million people out of harm's way.
11: (laughs) Put all your family members in
1: here. Tonight, throughout
0: South Florida, chaos as more residents race against time to escape Irma's wrath. Very concerned. Very concerned. On gridlocked highways, searching for gas that's becoming harder to find. At the bus station, passengers with tickets, but no buses.
11: They can't even give us an ETA on the buses.
0: An estimated half million people heading to more than 40 shelters today. When you see the destruction in the Caribbean... Do you now wish maybe you'd left? Yeah, I suppose so. Some people finding there's no more room. Hurricane Irma, with winds of 155 miles an hour, doubled the size of Florida's most destructive hurricane, Andrew, in 1992.
4: We are running out of time. The storm is almost here. If you are in an evacuation zone, you need to go now. This is a catastrophic,
8: catastrophic storm that our state has never seen. And coming with Irma, a deadly
0: storm surge up to 12 feet. Southwest Florida could see the most flooding. In just six inches of water, a car engine stalls. Two feet and the car is floating. Three to six feet, life-threatening, in part because of everything floating in the current. At nine feet, the water is above the first floor. Despite the danger some residents staying put, like Richard Crisler, who made sure to secure all the boats at his marina club. I've got a gut feeling I haven't had before. This one is really scary. Some of the most vulnerable, the residents in trailer parks who cannot afford to leave. This is going to be all wiped out. Authorities detaining the homeless to protect them against the storm. Throughout the day, last minute shopping for crucial supplies. Police helping to manage out-of-control lines at this Home Depot. One man about to buy the last generator at the store, giving it up to a woman for her sick father's medical needs. An angel from God is what he is.
1: Amazing story. And, of course, the Global Network will keep eyes on that storm tonight and into the weekend as well. Reports of a mystery mourner showing up at funerals across Metro Vancouver.
7: Does anyone really know this person?
1: The uninvited guest adding to the family's grief and why it's more common than you think.
2: And changing times in Chilliwack. Chief Wanawen retires from the team. A YouTube video posted by the Chilliwack Chiefs hockey team announces the retirement of their longtime mascot. Chief want Win is a stereotypical caricature of an indigenous man, and local First Nations had urged the team to stop using the mascot. Chilliwack Chiefs President Glenn Ringdahl says they came to the realization that the characterization of a people is not appropriate for a mascot. Chief David Jimmy of the Squiala First Nation says he is happy with the move. Well, thanks to Hollywood, we've all heard of wedding crashers, but a funeral crasher? It turns out the same man is being spotted attending a number of memorials over the past few years.
1: He's generally seen helping himself to the buffet, but he's a complete stranger to all the mourners. Jill Bennett picks up the story. I crashed a funeral earlier, and I... Oh, so. so senseless. Damn
13: you robbed. In the break. movies, it's over the top and for most people unthinkable. As if crashing weddings isn't bad enough, Will Farrell oh. plays a funeral crasher.
3: Oh Yeah, I'll throw in a wedding every now and then. But funerals are insane.
13: But it appears a real-life funeral crasher has been keeping himself busy in Metro Vancouver, outed on Twitter for showing up at a Burnaby funeral three years ago, and then again this week. That's the same guy who crashed my family funeral, and this is what Kathy had to say.
12: When I heard you talking about it and went to look at uh, the picture on the Twitter feed, I couldn't believe it. He was um, he was at my dad's funeral in the spring of 2009.
13: Turns out, a lot of people claim to have seen the man eating and drinking beer and wine at funerals for people he doesn't actually know.
12: I see this uh, this funny little man uh, munching away and drinking beer, and so went over and you know said hello and you know how do you know, mom? And he said his mother and my mother were friends. And I said, oh, so you know, did did my mom drive your mom around shopping and things like that? You know, when they were together. Oh, yes, you, your mom would always drive my mom. Well, my mom never learned to drive.
13: It's believed he scours obituaries, getting details about the deceased and the service and reception. He's been spotted at the UBC Golf Course, the Marine Drive Golf Club and the Hellenic Centre. This photo was taken at a small
7: private reception for family and friends. We always encourage our families not to put reception information into the newspaper or online. We have staff at the door at all of our services, so our staff is pretty well trained to notice when a random person wants through the door. So
13: far, no one has identified Metro Vancouver's most prolific funeral crasher, but if you do see him, you likely don't need to offer him a tissue. Jill Bennett, Global News.
2: Widespread damage from a major earthquake. I've never felt an earthquake as strong as this one. While the tsunami turned out to be far smaller than expected.
1: And what Ontario just did to prepare for the legalization of marijuana and why it sent a shiver through the pot industry here. Cell phone video captures the frightening moments across Mexico as the most powerful earthquake to hit the country in a century struck last night. The epicenter of the 8.1 magnitude tremor was off the southwestern state of Chiapas. Near the Guatemalan border, at least 60 people died in the quake that triggered tsunami evacuations along the coast.
2: Panicked people ran out into the streets in the middle of the night, but no major devastating waves materialized. Our Linda Aylesworth went to the experts to find out why. Dozens of earthquakes
11: shake this planet every day, but the magnitude 8.1 quake that rocked the southwest coast of Mexico last night was the largest in that country in nearly a century.
9: When you get up to that level, if you're close to the epicenter of the earthquake, you would have trouble walking. Uh, You would actually have trouble driving uh, your car because the ground is moving. And
11: then there are the building
9: collapses and the casualties when people are caught under them. Dozens have already been
11: reported dead.
9: This is the epicenter where the rupture would have started, and then it would have propagated in this direction.
11: It was felt a 1,000 kilometers away in Mexico City, where buildings and monuments swayed, but damage was minimal, although the power did go out for several hours. While there's no predicting earthquakes, what took geologist Brent Ward by surprise was the kind of quake it was.
9: What we would have expected is a subduction zone earthquake where the fault surface of this plate moving down and this Mexican plate being above it, and the friction builds up until you get break.
11: It's the kind of quake that can create deadly tsunamis. Instead, the Mexican quake was caused by the rupture of a fault in that lower subduction plate.
9: It looks as though it was a normal fault in this subducting plate, And uh, that was at a depth of 70 kilometers.
11: Because it was so deep, it didn't move the ocean floor and trigger a major tsunami, one merciful aspect of a disaster that will continue to shake the region for weeks in the form of
9: aftershocks. It's always a good reminder that we live in an earthquake-prone zone. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but it will happen.
11: Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
1: Some heart-stopping moments on a Detroit interstate this morning as police raced to get their man. A shooting suspect bails out of the vehicle after being boxed in by police. He runs right out into oncoming traffic. And watch what he does. He ends up jumping onto the roof of a passing vehicle before an officer charges up on the hood and knocks him right to the ground. He's accused of attempted murder. It's the second time this uh, today that police had chased him. Earlier, he had evaded officers after they got a tip about his whereabouts.
2: Ontario is the first province to announce plans to sell and distribute recreational marijuana when it becomes legal next year. But pot activists here in B.C. don't like the plan one bit. Now all eyes are on the B.C. government to see how today's announcement might influence how it's sold in this province. Nadia Stewart explains the backlash.
7: It is the Ontario announcement that has many in BC buzzing.
9: Our government will
8: bring forward legislation this fall to ensure that even after
7: legalization, cannabis remains a carefully controlled substance in Ontario. Ontario, the first to propose new rules for selling and distributing marijuana once the federal government moves ahead with legalization next year. 19 will be the minimum age, and the province will open 150 standalone stores by 2020, all of them run by Ontario's Liquor Control Board. And as for all those dispensaries, let me be clear these pot dispensaries are illegal and will be shut down. If you
8: operate one of these facilities, consider yourself on notice.
7: The announcement met with immediate criticism from one of B.C.'s loudest pot advocates.
11: I've been worried from the beginning that the so-called legalization is nothing more than Prohibition 2.0, but with cops and politicians looking to make money themselves selling pot after arresting tens of thousands of
7: peaceful people for doing the very same thing. Her concerns echoed here at home. I would like to
0: see that dispensaries continue to operate in in all the provinces because it it is small businesses that are the backbone of uh, every country and every province.
7: It's still not clear what the B.C. government plans to do, but a similar framework involving liquor stores has been floated here.
3: We will be looking at it, uh, but of course we've made no uh, decisions about uh, how distribution or retail is going to take place here in British Columbia
7: emery and others hopeful what was announced today isn't a sign of things to come Nadia Stewart global news
1: searching for a priceless piece of canadian aviation history
2: archaeologists flying high after this discovery at the bottom of a lake
0: you're watching global news hour at six
2: A Eureka moment for aviation buffs searching for the last remaining evidence of the Avro Arrow. What they found at the bottom of Lake Ontario right after your forecast with Christy.
1: Very cool. Christy spent some time on the Deadpool set today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, a lot going on in weather, Mm -hmm. uh, especially down in the Gulf, but around here, too, obviously, for the weekend.
14: Yeah, so a huge reprieve across many areas today. This is the scene out there right now. We still have air quality advisory in place for Metro Vancouver, but it has been lifted for a couple areas, which I'll show you in a second. Uh, but boy, was it humid. The type of day where your hair, like mine, goes absolutely crazy. And we thankfully saw some rain, not only here, but across the interior regions as well. So yeah, humidity level at 83% right now. But look at the change for the fire danger rating. So a front right across these areas have dropped uh, the fire danger rating significantly but keep in mind still a number of areas under extreme fire danger rating but we're hoping a lot of that will change it's the over 150 fires across the province though that we are really concerned about so there's the front that we saw today that's going to shift into the southeastern sections tonight and then we've got another one in behind it it will bring in a lot more moisture also a risk of thunderstorms but the key is more moisture, and cooler temperatures across much of the province tomorrow. In behind that, though, we're back to sunshine and dry weather, so we're really hoping this one will make an impact. Air Quality Advisory has been lifted for the Whistler, House Sound, and Sunshine Coast region, and I think you'll see that lift across much of the south coast over the next 24 hours. We're certainly keeping our fingers crossed for that. Uh, Just one more thing, there is still a severe thunderstorm watch in effect for the North Columbia, and and, uh, the caribou region so we're just watching a few thunderstorms at this point None of them are becoming severe, but keep that in mind we'll keep your eye on the sky Certainly could see some hail significant hail and gusty winds in that area now This is your tomorrow So still rain for the north coast and it will continue on Sunday for you But meanwhile areas like Prince George and quinell and then down through the south We're talking about more so showers But enough moisture that we could see a good 5 to 15 millimeters of rain through the day tomorrow in some of those areas Areas where we have the fires. Uh, Also, a risk of thunderstorms in a few regions and pockets of sunshine across areas to the south. Uh, South Coast region will see scattered showers, a whole bunch cooler than what we've been used to. 17 as our high, that's below average for this time of year. And it is just one day of moisture. So, we're hoping that will make an impact because we're back to not necessarily hot. But warm and dry conditions. Here's a look at tonight's weather window from Jody Stanky in this is McLeod Lake, north of Prince George. Very smoky yesterday, but today they saw a break. It really cleared out in that area. Uh, just a look back at this is uh, Greg Eppel's photo, and he is our winner. It is Friday, so we picked a winner. Uh, Participation is helping celebrate, uh, helping Canada celebrate 150 years by presenting 150 ways to stay fit. And today's suggestion for you is gardening. Probably Sunday is the best day for you to garden uh, since Saturday will be so wet, but it's definitely needed. Okay, guys, back to you.
1: No doubt. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Canadian aviation buffs got their first look in nearly six decades at a test model of the legendary Avro Aero fighter jet.
2: Yeah, search teams unveiled photos and underwater video from a remote-operated vehicle of the free-flight model. It's been at the bottom of Lake Ontario for decades. The rocket-propelled models are about an eighth the size of the full Avro Arrow and were launched over the water back in the 1950s. They eventually crashed into the lake. It's about 60 meters down, upside down, damaged, and covered in zebra mussels but it does look like it's retained some of its paint.
4: It's unbelievable. I mean, the feeling when we first saw that sonar image and the plane's just sitting right there on the seabed.
2: It could take up to a year to recover the model.
1: That plane was so special there excited about getting a one-eighth scale model off the bottom of a lake. Amazing. But all the plans were torn up. There's not much left of it.
2: And I think they're going to find a lot more down there.
1: I think so, too. Yeah, they said there was a bunch of uh, examples like that. Okay, we mentioned it earlier. You were hanging out with Deadpool today. what a thrill for some kids.
14: Oh, it was so nice. He opened up uh, the Deadpool set for us to come on with uh, two families from the Ronald McDonald house. Here they are. There's Sophie on the left there and Levi on the right. That's me in the corner. Um, But uh, Levi's brother is the one that's sick, and unfortunately, he was all set to go today, and uh, he was too sick to go. So we're going to plan another time for Tristan, Levi's brother. But look, they set us up with... uh, Uh, names on these set chairs you can see tristan on the right so we'll we'll fill that chair soon for you tristan but uh, they were pretty excited spent all afternoon there and ryan was uh, just great with the families and in uh, welcoming them throughout the afternoon so thanks to the deadpool crew he's a good guy and
1: thank you for setting that up
8: that's awesome
1: you you played a part in that that's terrific
14: all right hello there
8: hello very cool oh so they finally got bo's deal done it's a big deal i know that's the last of the summer business for the Vancouver Canucks.
4: My phone blew up today, that's for sure, when, now when the news got out.
8: Details and reaction to Bo Horvat's new six-year contract. And of course, it's Friday. Satellite debris ahead, too.
1: What is going on? Singing
8: pastry. love Bread heads? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Bo's bank account is about to get a lot bigger. Bo got more money, that's mm-hmm. for sure.
8: Yes, he uh, signed a new six-year contract. I love new six-year contracts. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Especially when they average out to $5.5 per year. Decent money for someone who looks like a good second-line center who may have to become the Canucks' first-line center when Henrik Sedin retires if there is nobody ready for the role. So... The two Sedins and, for some reason, Louis Erickson are the only forwards who make more money than Bo Horvat on the Canucks now. And I'm quite sure the Canucks really wanted to give Bo Horvat a lesser contract in terms of length. The Canucks might have liked to have given him a two-year deal to see what kind of player he becomes in the next couple of years before going long term. But really, Horvat always had the hammer in this negotiation. How could the Canucks not sign him? He did lead them in scoring last season. They've already anointed him as the face of the franchise in the near future and a likely captain when Henrik retires. So not starting the season with him would have looked wrong. Needless to say, Bo Horvat is happy with six years.
4: You know, this is where my heart is. This is where I wanted to be um, for a long period of time, and, and you know, the six the six year deal was you know the most attractive to me. And. You know, I've only been in the league for three years, and, um, you know, these these next six years is where I can really step up my game and, and prove myself and, you know, why uh, I should be here and, and why I want to be here for the next six years. And, um, and I think there's a lot of things that there's still things I can work on, but there's also things that I can bring to the team that are going to help us win.
8: And the, Lion, the, the Canucks Young Stars are in Penticton this weekend. With the Jets, the Flames, and the Oilers young stars for the tournament. Oh, Lions are home tonight to Montreal. Both teams have been stumbling of late. BC has lost three in a row. But they got last week off to lick their wounds, rest up for the stretch run. And they are home to the Owls. And BC is the favorite in this one. The Lions want their offense to get going. And that means Travis Lule, now the starting quarterback, has to throw passes to the man who is with Barry right now at BC Place.
9: Okay, Brian, you guys are, of course, you're on a three-game losing streak. No one wants to go through that, but uh, judging how you played early
3: in the season, during the three-game losing streak, were there just things you guys weren't doing very well? Yeah, um, taking care of the football, first and foremost, um, that's going to put you in a hole. And uh, against teams in the West, and especially a team like Ottawa, who we played last week, when you get in a hole like that, uh, it's hard to come back from it.
9: You guys, you guys obviously need, need a win, but but how is the confidence? Do you think it's important you have to start well today? If you don't, is, do you have that inner confidence to, to keep with it and still get that win?
3: Yeah, we're, we're a resilient team, so when we're in a hole, we're, we're, never, we're, we're never thinking that we can't climb out of it. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, we come out, we start fast. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but it'll be easier for us to kind of keep control of the game. So, you know, like I said earlier, just holding on to the football, not giving it over to the defense, and uh, making big plays early is really going to help us out tonight. All right, well good luck. Thanks Brian. Brian Burnham and the Lions taking on the Alouettes tonight. Squire, back to you.
8: Those headphones are strong enough to guard against concussions. Uh, this is a goal by the newest Whitecap midfielder, Nosa Ijibor of Nigeria, who was signed today. He'll essentially be replacing the injured Matias Lapa. 26 years old, has played in La Liga in Spain, most recently played in Turkey. No word on when he'll be able to uh, play for the Whitecaps. He has to clear a few things first. Tomorrow, the Caps host Real Salt Lake at BC Place, 7 o'clock. Vancouver Canadians, they are in the Northwest League Championship Series. They'll be taking on the Eugene Emeralds. It's a best of five. It'll start in Oregon, game one tomorrow, game two Sunday. Then they're going to come back to Nat Bailey Game three on Monday, if they need game four, it'll be Tuesday. If they need game five, it'll be Wednesday. And games three, four, and five would all be at Nat Bailey Stadium. Last night at Nat Bailey, Vancouver (laughs) swept out Spokane. There's Roger's kid, Casey Clemens. Thought we'd show you what happened last night. Riley Adams doubling in a run here to give Vancouver the 1-0 lead. Then uh, Brandon Polizzi with a little bit of D in right field. Diving. Nice grab was in the second inning. Winning run, solo shot by Brock Lundquist. That gave Vancouver the 2-0 lead. Now it's 2-1. This is the last out. Seas win the series. Two straight. It was the best of three against Spokane. Tomorrow is the biggest day of the year at Hastings Park Racetrack. It's kind of like their own little Breeders' Cup Day. All their big money races are on one card, and the main event, of course, is the BC Derby. And this year, the favorite is from Seattle, a horse called Riser, a little gray horse who won the Emerald Downs Derby in Seattle by leading the whole way. His trainer thinks coming to Hastings Park, which is a smaller racetrack than Emeralds Down, will not bother him at all. Confident horse, um, got a lot of natural speed, certainly uh sprint-type speed. Um, I'm not really worried about it. He's had a few gallops over the track now, and looks like he's got enough tactical speed to inherit the lead and and have things his own way. A lot of horses that come from big racetracks have problems with the turns because Hastings Park is smaller, but if you're going to the front of the pack, it doesn't bother you as much. Uh, The Man Cup of Lacrosse will start tonight at Queen's Park Arena in New Westminster. It's a best-of-seven series between the Salmon Bellies and Peterborough. Uh, The entire series will be in New West. Peterborough last won it, I think, in 2012. New West's last title, and they've won a lot of man Cups, But their last one was in 1991. Hard to believe it was that long ago. Mm -hmm. And a judge in Texas has given a temporary restraining order for Ezekiel Elliott, so perhaps his six-game suspension will not happen, at least not this year. There's a very good chance he'll play the entire season in Dallas, and then the NFL and the courts, and Elliott will have to work everything else out.
1: Stand out for the Cowboys with the start of NFL season.
8: They'll be very happy, and so will a lot of poolsters as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
14: All right, thanks, Squire.
1: You're welcome. We'll be back with Satellite Debris coming up next.
14: Coming up on ET Canada, our TIFF coverage kicks off with Jake Gyllenhaal and Lady Gaga, plus why Shia LaBeouf and John McEnroe are a match made in Hollywood heaven. And Sam Heughan talks about his steamy sex scenes in Outlander. That is all coming up at 7, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thank Thank you, Cheryl.
8: Cheryl. One thing we never talk about here. Steamy sex scenes.
2: <laughs> well, they never
1: come up.
8: <laughs> okay. Anything like that in sat debris? Uh, fair warning to families. Um, no, I didn't get around to that one this week. But if you'd like, i put it in with all the appropriate black bars. Morning. Okay, here we go. Um, let's go to Utah, where they have combined two things that apparently are fun. But first, an opening... And what is this hybrid? Why it's a water slide, coupled with base jumping. Who thought of that? Well, don't try this at home, unless of course your home is right next to a giant canyon and you can actually do this. I know it is. it is amazing there it is just hanging off a cliff somewhere in utah and down they go and they're pulling the chutes this is all to um, believe it or not promote a subaru car i totally see the connection. don't you see the connection yeah. well you will see the connection wait i will show you exactly how this all connects because when you land there's a subaru right there waiting to take you home uh, that, see makes how that sense. works yeah. yeah okay Nikolai rogatkin in nuremberg is going to try the 1440 which is double the 720. Does it. Sticks on landing, too. Now, his view. Here we go. You're
2: going to get dizzy here? Oh, yeah. How do these guys do this without screaming
8: the whole time? He screams now when he gets it done. See? There he is. Now he's screaming for you. There you go, a little GoPro action. Okay, so uh, the Great British Bake Off, I think it's a show over in England that they run every mm-hmm. year. Here is a promotional advert for this program. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs>
3: Your timers. The Great British Bake Off is back, coming soon mm. on Channel Four.
8: <laughs> okay, BBC. A few years ago, to show called Walk in the Wild. So, they may still have it. I'm not sure. Talking animals, or they talk for the animals. This is for children in need.
7: Sid. What? Who's that? This is your conscience speaking.
14: What? I ain't done nothing.
7: Exactly, Sid. You've done nothing.
14: I put a fiver
7: in the bucket earlier. And took 25 pence out, Sid. You must be punished. I needed the toilet. If you cared for those children... What? ...you would have gone in your trousers. Guess <laughs> him every time.
3: Yeah, I've got a pound off everyone on the hillside, the children in need. Well, everyone, bar one.
7: Oh, there he is. It's Alan, there. Alan! Alan!
1: Oh! He can't hear me. Or he's choosing not to. Alan! Alan!
11: Pound! 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 Hey! 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 Hey!